I'm really believing that uh, even though we've seen such disruption to our normal lives, that God is wanting to do something uh, supernatural and grow us to the next level he wants to take us as a church and as individuals. So our theme, as you know, this year has been victory. And I want us to step into victories after victories, not only for this season in the church life when we're talking about this, but for every season of our life. Not to live defeated, not to live broken lives, but to live stronger and better lives. So if you're visiting with us this morning, it's great to have you with us. And we believe uh, we believe in Jesus. We believe he's a son of God. And we believe that he has a plan and purpose for our lives. And uh, that's why we are here today to celebrate that. I just got my first slide this morning if we can just have that up and uh, hopefully you haven't had a a week like this Uh, but I couldn't stop laughing when I saw that I think that is brilliant so I just want to we're going to do a little bit of revision this morning on our uh, church vision and mission but also um, just want to touch on that this morning because I think it's important to keep it uh, on our um, on our minds so that we can navigate our way through every part of church life. So I'm going to give you some definitions uh, because we use the word church a lot. Well, what does church mean? I mean, it can mean lots of things to different people. It's not a building. It is, it is a group of Christians who join together and we call that the church. So where there's a group of Christians who commit to one another to, to journey through life together, to develop their, their, their calling in God to worship together, to pray together. We call that group of people a church. So that's a very broad statement, but that's, uh, uh, I guess, an explanation this morning for, for what we are looking at. Now, the word victory, because we're wanting to see victory in our church, uh, I just looked it up in a dictionary. It says, an act of defeating an enemy in a battle. And we all know what our enemy is. We know who the enemy is. Uh, Satan, the devil, evil demons, all these kind of things, they are our enemy. And oftentimes through life, we have a disconnect between where we think our problems are coming from and where they really come from. The root of a lot of the issues we battle through are from the devil. And we need to realize that spiritual element and we need to fight at a spiritual level so that we can win things victoriously in the spiritual realm in our lives. So is that making sense to you this morning as a, as a launch pad for this morning? Um, I want to give you a, a, a few quick points to victory in the church because I know there's so many... I mean, if, if you're like me, I've been in churches for a long, long time and uh, I think I was part of the problem in some of the churches I've been in in the past where you see there's, there's uh, not always living in victory, not always seeing the blessings and the, the, the way life should be uh, in the church. So point, uh, point number one here, just a, quick, a, a few quick points to see victory in the church. We've got to know the goals. Ephesians 4 verse 1 to 7 is a scripture that God gave me uh, as we were considering coming to this church 10 years ago, whether we should take on this role as senior pastors or not. And God spoke to me clearly, Ephesians 4 verses 1 to 7. I'm not going to read it out to you this morning because we won't have time, but I want you to, to go home and read that scripture. And I think it's a clear view of what church ought to look like. And, and, and when, when I got this uh, when I got that verse, I never realized the way that God would change the name of this church and the way that God would use the word one. And it's in that scripture so many times, it's quite amazing. The second thing we need, uh, oh, so anyway, we, we need to know our goals and we need to celebrate the same wins. And 
we need to know what's important to us and value the same thing. So if you start to look at Ephesians 4, verse 1 to 7, you'll start to see some of the things that we value at One Heart Church and uh, it might help clarify what our wins are. So second point there is everyone has a part. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 26 talks about the body of, uh, the church is a body. We are Jesus' body on earth today. So uh, as we saw Jesus do the, the miracles, the wonders, the signs, all those kind of things, they should be outworked in the church today as we, uh, his body on the earth today. So I, I want us to understand our individual function. So you have a function in the church. So you belong and you have a purpose and a reason as a, a, a part of Jesus' body. And what you have is valuable. What you bring to church is valuable. So you might think, well, I, I find it hard to see that. I want to just uh, encourage you to continue to pursue after Jesus, continue to grow, disciple your life, and you'll, you'll soon discover that there are things that only you can do, that only you can bring to the church. So in the third part there is a unified church is a victorious church. Acts chapter 2 uh, and uh, Psalm 133 talks about our, uh, how important it is to be unified. In, in that uh, scripture in Psalms, it talks about where, where brethren, in the, in the uh, uh, King James Version, where brethren dwell together in unity, God there commands a blessing. I want us to be in a, in a church where God has commanded a blessing. I want to be in a family where God has commanded a blessing. So when you think of that, you know, that, that God commanding a blessing is in unity. In, in the book of Acts, it says the Holy Spirit was poured out when all the believers were together in one place. They weren't just occupying a room. They were, in, they were together in spirit, together in purpose, together in vision and, and desire for the things of God. And then the Holy Spirit came and descended upon them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And that only comes when we're in that place of unified purpose. So I want us to, to always be uh, desiring and reaching um, to those goals in our life that we may be the people of God, a unified church, a victorious church. So uh, victory in the church is, is, is uh, I, I think... Not something impossible, something we need to uh, reach and desire for. Because victory in the church makes a way so that the church can reach the world. You know, so often we want to reach the world, but, but we're more messed up than the world. And we have more squabbles and more fights and more uh, disunity in the church than, than, than what the world has sometimes. And I, and I don't think that is a victorious church. So victory in the church makes a way to reach people in the world. So you know, every church has, has various parts to it. Our, our church here, we have departments, we have uh, specialised ministries. Uh, we have one up who've just left the, the room. Uh, that's uh, for, for uh, kids going from, from primary school to high school age. So we, we want to minister to them. We have youth, we have children's ministry, we have toddlers, um, we have a worship team. We have all these things because they're gateway points to help people get to God. They're gateway points for people to be ministered to at their level of life so that they can uh, experience something. So I really, really believe that the Christian life isn't, isn't a, a something that you read in a textbook. 
It's not something that you theory that you have a theory about. It's something that it, how, how God wants it to be is it's something that you need to experience. It's something that God wants to do in your spirit, that you know that he's there, you know that he's real because you've experienced it, that sometimes you may not be able to explain what that is, but it's a powerful thing when we have experienced the presence of God. So we have those areas of ministry expression because they're gateways for people to engage with God at their level. So that's why we do those things in the church. So if you're wondering, that's why we do it. So we can often assume of each other that we understand how church works or what the goals may be. And sometimes we can transfer from other places from where we've been, our our life experience, and transfer those into our current situation. If you do growth track with us, uh, which hopefully we'll be able to restart that soon, uh, you'll realize that, that, that it's not helpful to transfer life's lessons from other places to the, your current situation. Sometimes it's helpful and other times it's very unhelpful. But t- today I want to simplify... Uh, sorry, I'm catching up with my tongue eventually. So today I want to simplify our goals and targets at One Heart Church. So the, here's our vision. If, you, if you're here with us and you're new, you may not have ever realize this is what our vision if you've been here for a long time I want to reinforce our vision it's not what we are now especially when we're looking at a a building like this but it's what we are believing for we believe to be that we're becoming a large relevant church of mature believers who love our community one of the ways in which we we mature is to discipline ourselves in the things of God but we want to we want to be a, a large relevant church because we want to reach our community. We want to help people find God. We want to help people in their daily lives. So our aim point is that, is what we want to become. And uh, our mission helps that. Matthew 5 verse 14 to 16, our mission comes directly from, from this one scripture. You are the light of the world. One heart church, you as an individual are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And that is the main point of why we do what we do. And uh, you know, we, have, um, we have a fundraising arm we, we've, down there at the Bargain Centre. Um, it's not all about you know, reselling second-hand goods and things like that. It's about raising funds so that we can bless our community. And over the last seven years or so, we've, we've, we've sown into the community well over $100,000. I hope that we can turn that into a million dollars and $2 million and $3 million. That's what I believe for. But you know why? It's so that people will praise our Heavenly Father. So that people who, who we've helped can say, well, if it wasn't for that church, if it wasn't for that assistance, we wouldn't be here today. So I want to give you a picture of the church and ministry from Luke chapter 6. Um, Luke chapter 6, verses 17 and 19. And I think this scripture is, is what I call a fully loaded piece of scripture right here. It's fully loaded. I could preach for, for the next three hours on that. But you're not going to stay that long. So I'll read it out to you. When they came down from the mountain, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area surrounded by many of his followers and by the crowds. There were people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem and from as far north as the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. 
and those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him and he healed everyone. So there's four things I see in this scripture, four things that stand out to me that I want to show you this morning. It is disciples, it is the environment, it is followers and crowds. So we're going to take a, just a couple of moments on each of those this morning and I hope it will uh, you know, inspire you, challenge you and motivate you uh, in your place and your walk with God right now. So the first thing, Jesus has disciples. So they are those who, who choose to closely follow Jesus, to serve him and to love him as their life's priority. Verse 17 there, it says, When they came down from the mountain, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area. So our first priority as believers is to be disciples, to be a disciple. So you know, this could sound controversial, it, it shouldn't be, but it's, it's not ministry first, it's not serving God first, it's not doing stuff first. It's not being at church first. It's about, it's about our first priority is Jesus, is a relationship, a connection, a heart desire for him. So our first priority as a believer, as a Christian, is to be a disciple. A disciple is one who makes the effort to go to the mountain makes the effort to be on the mountain it's making time to be close with Jesus now this isn't so scary because you might be thinking well what does this mean we have to climb a mountain every every few days to be close to God so it's it's about forming space and time in your life on a regular consistent level that you can hear God where you can talk to him where where God can talk to your life it's studying the word it, it's preparing yourself spiritually it, it's prayer it's, it's all, all kinds of uh, disciplines that we provide ourselves with so that we can be closer to Jesus and understand him more. It's taking time to be close with Jesus. See, I read this in the word for today. Jesus didn't doubt the disciples' love for him, but he knew they couldn't do it in their own strength. And that this is the whole thing. We can't do this, this life, especially the Christian life, the disciple life, if we try to do it without Jesus. See, a disciple stands with Jesus, and, and I love the picture that it shows there in Luke chapter 6. It said the disciple stood with Jesus, and, and when I consider that, it's loyalty to him, loyalty to his authority, loyalty to his word. And we need to ask a question to ourselves, who, who am I standing with in life matters? Who am I standing with in opinion? Who am I standing with in, in culture? And there's so many things that we could choose to stand with. We could stand with our friends and their opinions. We can stand with the people who, who uh, you know, have, have a lot to say about a lot of things. But sometimes you need to stand, maybe with the smaller crowd, but you're standing with Jesus on the convictions of his word, on his authority. So you need to, to know who you're standing with on life matters. So personally, you become the beneficiary of godly counsel when you disciple yourself and have time with Jesus on the mountain. You know, I know there's plenty of times in my life I've, I've taken time to, to, so to speak, go to the mountain. I can give you examples 
for myself and Pauline where, where once I went to, I went to Meningi or somewhere down that way and stayed in a, in a caravan, borrowed caravan and, and just didn't eat for a few days and just, just cried out my heart to God and just brought my Bible and a notepad and, and uh, just read the word and asked God for clarity, asked God for direction. And there's been many other times where I've, I've taken those moments. But you know, it's not about doing that as much. It's like it's taking daily routine with Jesus where you give space to God in your everyday. Where you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my Bible. We have little helps for that. Every day with Jesus, there's a, there's a word for today that we have here available. There's lots of different ways, but they can really help you to discipline yourself. You know, lately I've been, you know, over the last quite a few years really, uh, I've suffered from, from uh, neck pain and headaches and so uh, I'd always be saying, oh, you know, I've got a sore neck and I'm getting around like this and at the prayer, prayer and fasting this year, I came along one night and, and Sarah says, what's wrong with you? I'm like, nothing. I'm just like, my neck's killing me. So I, I, I thought I better do something about this and I, I went to see a physiotherapist and he said to me, you know what, um, what are you expecting me to do for you? I'm thinking, fix my neck. And he goes, I can't fix your neck, you've got to fix your neck. And so he gave me exercises to do every day. And you know, because I'm so disciplined and so, so focused person, I, I would probably do it you know, uh, the, the, the morning of my next appointment. <laughs> <clears throat> and so what he said to me, he goes, Look, I'm going to help you because you're, you're hopeless. He, he didn't say that. <laughs> but he said, I'm going to help you to, to be able to... to Make this easier, and he gave me like like a, a graph with with all the exercises I have to do with the dates, and every time I do it, I have to mark it off, and that way I can see that that uh, that I've missed a day or that I've I've performed the, the the exercises I need to do every day. Now, in a physical sense, that has helped me greatly to be able to work on the muscles and work on those things in my body to strengthen the problem. And we need to do that spiritually because we can have a pain in the neck spiritually that won't go away unless we exercise and discipline and focus our energies and attentions on working on the, the cause of that problem which can be spiritual. And there'll be a spiritual answer if we go searching God for that. So um, you've got to, you know, this time on the mountain is getting away from distractions. Have yourself some worship. Uh, pray. Get God's word out, read the Bible, and follow Jesus. Do what God tells you. So you want spiritual experience, you need to have time with Jesus. On a side note, you need time on the mountain with Jesus, but you don't stay on the mountain. Some people get so focused on the mountain that they stay on the mountain, they're no good to anyone, they're, no, they're, they're, they're not connected to the world. We need to have time with Jesus so that our interactions with people gets better. So the mountain times equipped for ministry with people. So disciples not only follow Jesus, they make way for others to follow Jesus. It's a really important factor about discipleship is that we uh, help others find Jesus. The second key here is environment. I better go really quick now. Um, verse 17, it says, The disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area. Now, this is about the environments that we create so others can be close to Jesus. So this is our church services. The things that we do corporately make that happen. Isaiah 40, verse 4 and 5, it says, Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. 
then it says in verse 5, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed to all people. And we want to be a church that, that reveals the glory of God to as many people as we possibly can. So it's a, it's a great, um, this verse here is a great commercial for why we give attention to our church environments. We can create a large level area. Um, it's an environmental thing as in, like, not the environment, the trees and the grass and all that stuff. It's an environment of um, uh, space that we have dedicated for the, for the ministry to happen in. And I'll tell you what, people often go, we don't need to be spending money on church buildings, and, and I've heard all the stories and why. That, that's a waste of money. We should use that to help people. But I'll tell you what, I came from a background years and years ago where, where we went from... from Hired Hall, from Hired Hall, we, we wanted to come together as, as a church, but we didn't have any property, never had a building, and so it was dragging chairs around a place and bringing our instruments and setting things up week by week. And I'll tell you something, I'd much rather say, let's invest some finance and some, some uh, capital into a building that we can dedicate for that purpose so that we can come together and pray anytime we want. We can come together and do a Bible study anytime we want. We can, we, all we have to do is turn on the lights and, and plug in a few things and we're ready to have a, a, a good worship time together. But corporately, creating an environment for others to come is a large level area, large level space. That's a, a corporate thing. It's also a personal thing. We need to create an environment around us that either smooths the way for others, that, that actually smooths the way for others to be able to get close to Jesus. So your life speaks. Your life is an environment. And you need to live your life where you work, um, where you go to school, what, whatever it is that you do every day, where others around you have a, have a smooth pathway because you're helping them to see Jesus in your life. So to reach people with the good news of Jesus, we need large-level environments that make access to Jesus possible. Um, that's, that's why we, uh, we do one priority every year. I have a little card here um, we, where that's coming up in August. I, that August starts next week. Wow, that's come quick. But uh, one priority is, is, is where we sow into our environment. We sow into the, the, the resources to be able to create spaces that make a large level area, smoothing out the rocks and the, and the things that are, are stopping people coming to experience Jesus. The third thing we see is followers. And uh, I'll just have the musicians back now. Um, those who have decided to believe always want to get closer to Jesus. So you think, well, what's the difference between a follower and a disciple? Well, you'll see in a moment. They've been given access to Jesus. The follower has been given access to Jesus and experienced something in their heart. They've had their mind, they've had their mind change, they've had their heart change, and they've had their life changed. Luke chapter 6, verse 17, it says, Jesus was surrounded by many of his followers. And we can best describe the follower as a person who's started the life journey to follow Jesus. They've, they've decided, I want to be a Christian. I want to follow Jesus. So the follower has found faith, has found forgiveness, and in Jesus is doing the best that they can to follow Him. So when you start following Jesus, you never, you never know what God is calling you into. When you start that journey as a follower, you never quite know, well, what is God really leading me into? 
but you follow and you serve and you seek God and you allow Him to work in your life and your faith will grow. Your faith in Jesus will grow. Your, your love with Jesus will, will get deeper and the doors of God's direction will open to you one door at a time and God's direction and clarity in your life will become more and more clear as what He wants you to do. Because every disciple starts as a follower first. And I think it's interesting that these these uh, people, it doesn't mean that Jesus loves a disciple more than a follower or Jesus loves the, the disciples more than, than, than the crowd. Jesus loves all humanity the same. It's just we're at, at different stages of our development. Then the fourth thing we see is the crowds. The, these are people who are curious, hungry, the community, those expecting, hurting. They, they, they're the ones that we describe as, in our vision statement that I read out earlier, is that they're the ones that we want to love. We want to love our community. We want to love the crowd around us that aren't in church, the world in which we live. They're the, they're the hurting, the sick, or somehow, somehow or other broken. Those who are away from Jesus, those who have never known God. Verses 17 and 18, I'll read it out to you. It's about the crowds. It says there were people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem and from as far north as the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear, Je- to hear Jesus and to be healed of their diseases and those trouble- troubled by evil spirits were healed. So out of the crowd is where we get followers. And there are more people around us that are savable than we allow them to be. I'll say that again. There are more people around us that are savable than we allow them to be. So you need to start getting a, 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 a desire in your heart. You need to say, God, help me to see how you see people. Help me to see the crowd around me that are more savable than what I am allowing them to be. So sometimes we need to speak up the Word of God to people. Sometimes we need to share our own, our own life journey. Sometimes we need to let others know what God has done for us. And you just never know how savable people will be that, that are around you. Romans 10, 14 shows this clearly. But how can they call on Him? How can they call on Jesus to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they've never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And this morning, I want to encourage you, may that someone be you, to tell others. So our place, One Heart Church, is to tell people. Your role as a, as a Christian, as a disciple, as a follower is to be the light of the world, in the light that brings um, clarity in dark places, that allows people to see Jesus. And Jesus was touchable by the crowds. You could be, sometimes we, we live life waiting for Jesus to touch us, waiting for Jesus to touch me. But we need to make a move to touch Jesus. And perhaps you have a need here this morning. I want to encourage you, don't live your life thinking, well, I I just wish Jesus would touch me. I just wish Jesus would do something and uh, intervene in my situation and in my life. I want to encourage you this morning to you reach your hand out and touch Jesus. That's the thing that that we saw there when the crowds came. um, uh, Let's see. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Um, I'm just, I've missed out the, 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 
the main part there. I'll have to go back to the start here. And it says, uh, verse 19, everyone who tried to touch him, everyone uh, everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him and he healed everyone. I want to to encourage you, church, this morning that uh, whenever things uh, are against you, Whatever things spiritually are on your mind, spiritually that are that are your enemy, you'd make the decision to touch Jesus. You make the decision to touch Jesus. Now, now there's many different forms you can do that, but one of the great ways we reach our hands out and touch Jesus is, is be in His presence, be in church. It's a great place to start. So um, you could be, yeah, you could be here in that position today. I want to encourage you you to make a choice to say, Jesus, I want to touch you today. So victory in the church, a church that has victory is a life-giving church. Not only when we first get saved, we think, well, hey, that, that's a great victory. But every season of our life, Jesus wants to walk us through from victory to victory. Luke chapter 6, 19. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power flew from, uh, came out from him when they did. Right here today Jesus is touchable. Every time we come together as a corporate group to worship him and praise his name and lift his name on high Jesus is touchable. We need to, we need to get that as a habit in our life to touch Jesus. Now there, I believe there are two types of people here this morning. Those who want to come and get their life right with God that maybe you felt disconnected you felt separated and you want to reconnect with Jesus today I want to encourage you start today make a decision today and perhaps there are those here that you've never touched Jesus but you want to that you feel like you, you're somehow like the crowd that has never really known who Jesus is well I want to encourage you this morning you can know him I just want to pray for you this morning so can we just stand together and perhaps you're, you're in that position where you think there's issues, there's things happening around my life. Who knows what about? It could be many, many things. But I want to do something symbolic this morning for, for you. Where you say, Jesus, I want to touch you. I want to believe in your word. And I want to reach you today. Maybe you're feeling like you're so disconnected from God. You think he, he's forgotten about you. He's never forgotten you you just got to say, Jesus, I want to reach out and touch you again afresh. I want to pray for you this morning if that's you. And in any way you want to, I don't want to embarrass people. I don't want people to look around. It's no one else's business but but between you and God. And if you're saying, I need to touch you, Jesus, I need to get something back in my life again, I want you just to reach out and touch Jesus. Maybe touch a chair in front of you, whatever it is you need to do. If If you don't want others to see it, if you don't mind you just put your hand up and say Jesus I want to get close to you so as I pray why don't you do that this morning no one looking around this is a personal time dear heavenly father I just pray this morning for breakthroughs in people's lives Lord I pray for those who have felt disconnected those who have felt somehow alienated from you I pray for a bringing back of the spirit in their life bringing back of the destiny and the desire to serve you so father this morning i pray for stirring in the things of god in people's hearts that their that their lives may be set on the pathway to serve you again in jesus name i pray amen
Amen. And I just want to pray also a prayer of faith for those who have never done this before. You, you've never uh, got your life right with Jesus. And we, we've got a prayer that we pray here that just is a statement, really, that we want to invite Jesus to be our Lord and Saviour, to forgive our sins. It's going to pop up on the screens right now. And I think if you've never prayed this prayer before, I encourage you, if you're feeling that you want to connect with God, you want to ask Jesus to, to come into your life and you want to be born again, we're going to pray this all as a church corporately this morning. And, and if you've never prayed it before, make it a prayer. And it is a powerful prayer. So we're going to just read it out together. And, and you don't have to repeat after me. We'll all read it along together. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Saviour. Today, I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you've prayed that prayer today for the first time and asked Jesus to forgive your sins, the Bible tells us that we are born again, born of the Spirit, not of the flesh. You're no longer who you used to be. I want to encourage you to come and see me if you've made that declaration this morning. I'd love to um, help you on that that next step of your journey of walking with Jesus. So I just want to encourage you, church, this morning that uh, God is wanting to cause us to be a victorious church, to be a strong church, a powerful church, a nation, life-giving church. So have a great week. Thanks for coming out to the 9 a.m. service. And uh, I just pray and believe that God will continue to move through the church even through this season so over to Beth thanks guys